I'm excited. I'm really pumped. God is amazing, right? Who loves Jesus? I love Jesus. I don't know about you, but I love Jesus because he loved me first. He loved me first. He died on a cross for every single one of us. And man, I could just talk about the cross all day because he's just amazing. But let me say, you know, I really feel the word for us here tonight is that you're not defeated, church. I don't know what you're facing, but you are not defeated because of what he did for us and because of of what that means. You know, this love that we talk about, it's not fluffy, church. It's not a fluffy, oh, I love you. I sent my son. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't know another man that's died on a cross for me. That love is, it takes a lot more. I know my parents love me. They gave birth to me. They love me. But they wouldn't die on a cross for me. I know they wouldn't die on a cross for me. I don't know any person that would die on a cross for me. But this love is not fluffy, church. It's real. It's powerful. It's unrelenting. It's unfailing. It does not disappoint us. It pursues us. It's sacrificial. It's selfless. It's kind. It's patient. It's gracious. It's there even when you don't feel like it's there. And it is true in every possible way, and it wins every single time, in Jesus' name. That love is Jesus. What we're facing when we see these circumstances and these trials stand before us, it's Jesus that will overcome that thing. You have everything you need inside you tonight, church, to be an overcomer, to live in victory every single day. You know, I get up here, and I often say, you know, I've been going through, we all go through stuff. You know, I've been in a season, honestly, for about six months where I feel like, God, are you even there? Are you listening to me? Have you heard me? Do you even, are you there? Do you love me? I have questioned this over and over, church, but every single time he comes through and he wins and he tells me and he shows me something and he gives it. And I know that each of you, if we went around this room, could testify time after time of God pulling through and coming through for you. Amen. Give him a hand of praise for every time he's come through for us. He's faithful, church. He's so faithful. I want to talk to us a little bit about faith here tonight. Because faith and love go hand in hand, I think. You know, in order to know God's love, we have to believe in God's love. And we need to, in order to receive God's love, we have to believe that we're worthy of God's love and that we we can receive that love by faith. You know, um, I heard this awesome uh, T.D. Jake's message this week, and I want to try and, um, no, I won't reenact it, because he did it so good, <laughs> I can't, I can't do it, I was almost going to get Uncle Mick up here to do it, but, you know, um, there's a scripture in Romans 12 that says, and we've all heard it, that we've each been dealt the same amount of faith, that each man has been given and dealt the same amount of faith. And that we shouldn't think of ourselves higher than we ought to. Everyone's heard that scripture, right? So T.D. Jakes did this message. And my heart tonight is that we can just shift our perspective here a little bit. Just shift our perspective on God and Jesus and love and faith. Just let's have open hearts tonight to shift our perspective. Because a lot of our situations can be shifted by a shift of perspective, by a move of perspective. Because, you know, I often say as well, I'm a very emotional Italian person. And sometimes our emotions can overwhelm us and our feelings and emotions can make us believe things that actually aren't true. And we we at times can get completely overwhelmed by what's going on in our lives and our own emotions and what we think and what we feel about these things. And we become what we think is defeated, deflated, disappointed, discouraged, disheartened, all the D words. 
You know, we think all these things, but you know what? They're not true because we're being deceived. Another D word. We're being deceived by our own emotions and our own thoughts and our own feelings. I know there's people in this room that, you know, have spoken to me when those emotions have deceived me and overwhelmed me. And sometimes what we need is a shift of perspective. And this week, God came through for me. I was listening to this message. And, he's, and you know, T. Jakes was talking about faith being a perspective. And what he did was he, um, on this scripture, he pulled up, because uh, um, he's a big, very big, wide African-American, African-American man. And he pulls up this little white boy. <laughs> he's about this big. He pulls him up and goes, you'll get up here. You know, gets him up. And he says, he goes, you know, he's speaking to the church and he says, he and I have been dealt exactly the same amount of faith. We have exactly the same number of muscles in our bodies. We have, I don't know about you, but, you know, I look around. We've all got two eyes, two legs, two arms. We've all been dealt. We all have exactly the same muscles, the exact same number of bones, unless you've lost one or two along the way. I don't know, but we've all got exactly the same amount of muscles. So he pulls this guy up and he goes, who would you, if we were in, a wrestle, uh, in an arm wrestle, who would you put your money on? And obviously everyone's like the big black African-American man, amen? And so, you know, he said, the point of his, his story was that we've been dealt the same amount of faith, the same number of muscles, but what's different is that he worked his muscles possibly more than the little guy did. So my revelation of this was, church, we've been given the exact same amount of faith, and it's our responsibility how much we're going to grow that faith. It's our responsibility how big our faith muscle is going to get, because I can go to the gym, and I can work my muscles, and I can be this big, girly weightlifter. I can get big, right? I'm going to try CrossFit. Gene's not here, but I'm going to give it a shot. You know, I might be able to lift more than another girl, But that doesn't mean that I've got more faith, that I've been, you know, we look around and we often question God, you know, why have these people got what I think I want and all these things. And you know what? Sometimes I've questioned, does that person have more faith in me because they got their dream, because they got that breakthrough that they've been praying for and I'm still waiting. Does that mean that I don't have faith? Does that mean that I have less faith? No, church. It's our responsibility how much faith we can have. And no one else can make us believe, no one else can grow our faith, but us and God. And God is so into relationship with us. He is so much more into our character than he is, dare I say, than giving us our dreams or giving us the answers to the prayers that we're praying. He is more interested in building our faith muscle and our mercy muscles and our love muscle than he is, sorry, that was probably not the greatest analogy, but You know, he's into building our character before he is giving us these dreams and desires of our hearts and sometimes even the breakthrough because I'm telling you, church, the biggest miracles happen when our character is building, when we become bigger people inside, in our spirit because sometimes that thing, if we're not ready, if we're not spiritually prepared, for these things can be the one thing, the answer to that prayer could be the one thing that takes us away from him. And I know, I look back on things that I've prayed about and I've been like, God, why did that not happen? Are you serious? What is that about? And I know that one, I may not have been ready for that thing to happen because when the breakthrough finally came, I was ready and I was able to lift that thing and my faith muscle was, was big enough to carry that burden and that thing that God gave me. And if he had have given it to me six months before, maybe it would have 
discouraged me to the point that I would have left the church or walked away from him. But he waited, his timing is perfect, church, and he knows us better than we know ourselves, better than we know ourselves. Hebrews 11.6 says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who who sincerely seek him. The the core of this Christian walk, walk church is that we believe, that we believe that we have faith. Faith pleases him. I don't know about you, but through this Roman series, it's been a great series, hey? And through this series, time after time, God has highlighted the same thing to me, is that, you know, my need is not going to move him. My faith is going to move him. Faith moves mountains. Faith changes circumstances. Believing in him. Faith is a belief in the things that we don't see. Faith is believing in those things that we're believing for, but truly believing, church, that we can see that thing even if it's not manifested before us. And, you know, I, time and time again, I know, I know that I know that I know that God is going to reveal his goodness to every one of us in all those things that we pray for. But sometimes he's more interested in making sure that we believe in him first, that we believe that he can do it, that we believe that we're not going to depart from him should that thing come and be a challenge. Because even when we get that breakthrough, when we get that thing that we've been praying for, maybe it's going to be tough because there's always going to be something else that comes in life. Amen. But we have the antidote to all of that. And when we are secure in him, when we know who we are in him, church, when we live in the love of Jesus, we don't have to be these trees that blow in the wind. We don't have to look to the left or to the right when tough things come because our eyes are set on Jesus. Our eyes are exactly, our perspective is exactly right. And church, you don't have to, you know, don't look around, don't, don't think that those things are happening, that person must have more faith than me. God mustn't love me. You know, I love what Romans 8.35 says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have troubles or calamity? Or if we are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus Christ who loved us. Church, you are not defeated. And regardless of what you have or what you don't have, what you don't have doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Actually, it probably means the complete opposite. You probably don't have that thing because he loves you. And that thing could be the thing to take you out. That thing could be the thing at this time that isn't going to be the best thing for you because he knows us better than we know ourselves. I don't know about you, but I don't know how many hairs are on my head. I haven't counted them, but he has and he knows. Amen? You know, I'm in a... I I really do mean that I'm in this season where I have questioned that over and over and over. And I'm like, God, I feel like everything has been stripped away from me. And, you know, in essence, from like in my little reality, there has been a lot of change, a lot of um, stripping away of things. And, you know, um, in all of it, I keep 
feeling like God's asking me, okay, Chrissy, even if everything was gone, everything, would you still love me? And even if everything was gone, even if I didn't have friends, even if I didn't have a job, even if I didn't have the the privilege of preaching the word of God, even if I didn't have what I think I need and what I think I want and what I think makes me accepted and loved and all of those things, would I still love him? And I know in the, I know with everything that I have that I would because he died for me. At the end of the day, whatever I've got or whatever I don't got, he loves me and he still died on that cross for me. And he died on that cross for you as well. So when everything is stripped away, church, and if he never answered another prayer from here on in, would you still love him? I want to challenge us here tonight. Would you still love him? Would you still come to church? Would you still worship him? Would you still pray to him? And who are you before him? You know, this season has revealed things about myself that I ain't even know. But I know this now. I know that he is more into my heart and my relationship with him that he would withhold certain things from me. And I know that even though it's painful and sometimes it hurts and sometimes you just want to pack your bags and walk away, I know that those things that I've put my hope in have been temporary. And uh, this morning, church, if you weren't here, get Pastor Rock's message. It was amazing. And he said this. He said, we tie ourselves and we attach ourselves um, to things that are temporary. And, you know, this is the thing. God is eternal, right? God is eternal and he cannot create anything that is not eternal. We are temporary, I'm a, like, I'm a product of my, my parents. We can't, T.D. Jakes also says this. He's the man. I love that guy. He also says this. He says, you know, um, I'm Italian. I can't be Asian. I can't be African-American. I'm Italian because my parents were Italian. So I'm a product of my parents. But, you know, I have a choice from here on to be a product of an eternal God, of a God who lasts forever. Our bodies are going to rot away, but he's eternal, church. He can't create. He doesn't, he's not going to open a door that is temporary for you. He's not going to give you something that's going to last five minutes in your life. He wants to give you something that is going to last forever, that is going to be everlasting. He's not into temporary things. And what we do as humans is we put our hope and our trust and our value in these temporary things. And these temporary things can sometimes be the thing that tears us away from the eternal God. And he cares more about your eternity and he cares more about your soul and he cares more about your spirit than he does about giving us these temporary things. You know, I wanna talk about identity here for a minute and what really touched me this morning was what Pastor Rock said, that, you know, the enemy isn't after our 
things. He's not after our cars. He's not after our houses. He's not after our clothes. He's not after, you know, our jobs. He's not after these things that we're putting our hope in, these temporary things. He's after our faith. He's after our love for God. He's after these eternal things, these things that matter, the things that God wants to see growing in you. God doesn't care how many cars you own, how many houses you have, because I know this, that the day I pass from this earth and I face Jesus, I doubt I'm going to be standing there going, oh, I wish I bought another car. I wish I bought some nicer shoes. I wish I bought more clothes. And I, and I highly doubt that God's going to go, good job, Chrissy, you had so many nice shoes and so many nice cars, and you made so much money. I'm so proud of you. No, he's going to say, did you know me? Were you in relationship with me? Did you love me? Did you have mercy and grace for my people, for the relationships that I put in your life? Did you have grace and mercy? Did you have love? Did you have commitment? Did you have a love for my house? Did you have that stuff? That's what he cares about, church. He cares about that and he's going to build that before he gives us any of those other things. And I'm not saying having cars and clothes and I love all those things, you know, but I don't love them more than Jesus. And that's the point because we make these things idols in our life. We make people and relationships and jobs and money and all these things. Even our dreams sometimes can be idols in our lives, but they're just fleeting things, church. Let's get some perspective here tonight and let's understand that our God is eternal and he cares about eternity. He doesn't care about, like I said, the money that you earn. He cares and he wants to give you those things because he wants us to have fun on earth and he wants us to enjoy our life and he wants to bless us and he does bless us with those things. And that's why the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy our faith and wants to put those thoughts in our head that does God love me if I'm not getting this thing? Does God love me if I don't feel the presence of God? Does God love me if I feel scared about my future? Does God love me? Church, he loves you. He died on a cross for you. And he doesn't love you any more or any less than the person sitting next to you or the most famous person in the world. He doesn't love you more than he loves Beyonce. Beyonce is a boss. I love her. She's great. She's a talent. She's gorgeous, whatever. But you know what? God died on the same cross for me that he did for Beyonce. He died on the same cross and he rose from the same grave for every single one of us. We have been dealt the same measure of faith. We have been dealt the same measure of love. It's up to us, church. It's up to you what you're going to do with it. It's our responsibility and we live in a world that completely distorts and contradicts the word of God, the truth of God. You know, it's, it's tough being a young person in this world. I, you know, I work with young people every day and, man, I'm worried what the world's going to be like when I have kids. You know, I'm worried because the world it, it has distorted the truth. But you know what, church? We carry the truth. We know the truth. And we need to be a light in this world. And, you know, in the midst of our trials, that's when Christ shines most. In the midst of our trial, in the midst of, of this, trust me, your friends and your family are looking to you when there's a tough time. At the start of this year, we lost our grandmother, and I know my family were watching me. They were watching how I was going to act. They were asking me questions about things that, you know, I know they all, you know, have a little laugh behind my back about 
being a Christian sometimes and things like that. I know they love me, but, you know, when you don't understand and when you haven't experienced the love of God, it is hard to understand, right? And they were watching me. And time and time again, I saw God just bring a little breakthrough that I had a chance and an opportunity to speak to someone that probably wouldn't be open to hearing the gospel any other time. Church, don't despise the trial because you're going to shine most bright in that time when we do what James, um, James 1 says, when we rejoice in the trial. That's when God shines brightest, I think. You know, um, Romans 12, 2 to 3 says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I will give each of this is Paul, talk, um, Paul talking to the church. I will give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. That sums up what I was just trying to say. <laughs> the word of God's so good. Just, you know, um, we are in this world, but we're not of it, church. And we have the truth and the hope of the world. And his name is Jesus. And it's our responsibility to take him into our circumstances, to take him into our families and our friends and our careers and our jobs and our universities and our schools. It's our job. It's our responsibility. And we should not let the world and church, you know, I preach to myself. When I'm preaching up here, I'm preaching to myself because I do this. I've put my value in people. I've put my value in my job. I've put my value in titles. I've put my value at times in all of these things. But Man, I'm telling you that God is stripping that away and he will always, his love pursues and it's relentless and he will always bring you to a point where you need to surrender, where you get to a point. But church, this is the thing, it gives you free will. And you come to these crossroads in life all the time, all the time. And at that point, it's your choice that you have faith or you don't. You follow him or you turn your back. And for me, every time and sometimes is harder than, sometimes are harder than others, that I want to pack up and I want to go. But I refuse to turn my back on a God that loved me enough to die on a cross for me. I refuse to turn my back on a God who is more into my heart and building me to be the best person that I can be because he conforms us into his image. That's what the word says, church. Our highest calling is to become more like him, is to become more and more like him. Know this, church, that there is a plan for your life and it's good and your days have been written before you. You are not here by accident. You are not where you are by a fluke, by an accident. And God has made the playing ground so even for all of us. The playing field is even. There is no advantages. There are no handicaps. There are nothing. We, he loves us all the same. Like I said, he died on the same cross. He was buried in the same tomb and he walked out of that tomb the same way for every single one of us. And it's up to us, church, it's up to us to believe and to receive and to understand that 
in the midst of our trials that it is good and God will work all things for good for those to, who love him. Our God is not a God who lies. Our God is not a God who teases us with things. He is not a God to go back on his word. He is faithful. He is true. He is love, his mercy, his grace, and he is always going to be here. He will never leave you or forsake you, and he will always, always, always have a plan to get you out of where you're at. There will always be a door to walk out of. He will make a way through the wilderness and rivers through the desert. Amen? Amen. You know, um, I guess tonight I just wanted to shift our perspective and encourage us that regardless of what you think, and, you know, as humans we compare ourselves with everything and everyone, but I want us to understand here tonight that the playing field is even. He has dealt the same measure of faith. It's up to us. And I want to commission us and I want to, you know, encourage us. And myself, church, like I said, I'm on this journey too. Let's stir ourselves up. You know, people are only going to take us so far. The people that love us are only going to take us so far. We've got to learn to stand on our own two feet before him. We've got to learn to walk in faith regardless of what's happening around us, regardless who is with us or who is not with us, regardless whether we feel like there's, a, you know, an army behind us or we're completely alone in the valley. Regardless, church, it's up to us. And I commission you here tonight to take that faith and to believe, to believe above all else, believe. Nothing is impossible for those who believe. That's what the word says. Nothing is impossible for those who believe. Nothing is impossible for that scripture blows my mind and that's a whole nother preach. But man, nothing is impossible, church. There is a door out and I don't know what you're facing but tell the person next to you there is a way out there is a way out here tonight there is a way out I might invite the band back here tonight it would be awesome you know God doesn't want to keep us in the same place and sometimes I think that you know um when we find ourselves in these situations where we feel a bit lost or a bit stuck a bit without God, maybe you feel like God's not there because I'm telling you for the last three months I've been like, God, I don't feel you, are you there? And my feelings become overwhelming like I was talking about before, you know. But church, the truth of God, the word of God stands taller, brighter, stronger than anything else when everything is gone. His word stands, his word is true and you can believe it because he's not a God who lies. He's not a God who goes back on his word. Pastor Brett did an awesome message last week as well. And, um, you know, he said if, if God broke his word, the whole world as we know it, we, everything would just blow up, like literally blow up. <laughs> because the word of God holds us together, holds this earth, holds creation together because his word created it. Church, whatever you're facing here tonight, I believe that God is going to shift your circumstance and it's going to be a product of that eternal thing. It's going to be a real eternal thing. It's not going to be a temporary measure, a band-aid. It's going to be a healing. It's going to be a miracle. It's going to be something that is changed forever. Because the day that I received Jesus and I declared Jesus as my Lord and Savior, my whole life completely transformed. And I promise you from 
here, here on, it's been glory to glory. You know, I come to these valleys like every other human. We come to these valleys of life, these dark places in life. But God will never keep us there. What happens in the valley has to come out of the valley. What happens on the mountain comes down from the mountain. We keep moving. God is not a God who leaves us stuck, who leaves us in the same place. Sometimes I feel like when we start getting too comfortable, that's when the, the next valley comes. And that valley doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It doesn't mean that He doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that you don't have enough faith. It doesn't mean that, you know, He's not going to come through for you. Actually, what it means is you're going to go to a higher level, to a new level. You're going to go 10 steps forward, not 10 steps back. God does not go backwards. As long as our eyes are set on Him, as long as our hearts are set on Him, as long as we are in relationship with Him, we will always move. We will always move. Sometimes we'll sprint, sometimes we'll walk, sometimes we'll crawl, and sometimes our friend will have to pick us up and carry us. Amen? But we will always move forward. So I don't know where you're at here tonight. but you have no disadvantage. Your past does not dictate your future. Where you've been does not dictate where you're gonna go. He's waiting for you to come back, always. His word says that he never leaves us or forsakes us. And his word also says this, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing you have done disqualifies you from this love. Whether you have been a Christian for one minute or a hundred years, nothing you can do, nothing you have done will ever separate what He did on that cross. It will still stand, church. It will stand in every circumstance, in every situation, good and bad. That cross and the blood of Jesus will always stand. His love will always win. His love will always conquer and overcome and have victory in Jesus' name. We just have to believe, church. It's actually that easy. We complicate the gospel, but it just says believe. Speak, confess with your mouth. Change the way we think. You know, one more key and and. Probably the greatest thing that God is is taking me through, journeying right now, and I don't think it ever ends. I don't care how old you get. I don't think it ever ends, that God is always transforming our mind. And our thinking is the most powerful thing. Our minds are plastic, church. Don't let the world and doctors and people make you think that you can't change your thinking or your brain because you can. You can. You can change the way you think. You can be transformed in your mind through the Word, through the truth of Jesus Christ. If you have to 
print it out in big letters and put it on your mirror. I don't know. Get the Word of God in you. If, you, if you're facing a situation, get a scripture and believe it and speak it every single day because His Word will transform. His, wor- His Word will move that mountain. His Word will bring breakthrough. His Word will bring a miracle. I'm telling you, church, it's happened over and over and over and over and over again in my life. If He did it for Abraham, if He did it for Sarah, if He did it for Moses, if He did it for Joshua, if He did it for David, if He did it for all of those people, He will do it for you and so much more in Jesus' name. So right now, why don't we just close our eyes and bow our heads in the presence of God here tonight. Church, like I said, He's into relationship more than He's into anything else. He's into your heart. He's into your your soul more than anything else. And there is a real battle at hand. There is a real battle and there is an enemy who comes to kill, steal and destroy. And this is the very thing that he wants to do. He wants to take and damage this relationship. He wants to damage the relationship between you and God. But the day that Jesus said, it is finished. The day those words came out of his mouth, The veil between earth and heaven was torn and we were able to have a full, direct relationship with Him. And maybe this is the first time you've sat in church and maybe this is the first time you've heard about Jesus or maybe you've heard about Jesus over and over in your life. But maybe you've never said a prayer that actually welcomed and asked Jesus and declared with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Saviour. These moments are not to manipulate us. These moments are not to play nice music and make us feel worried about our eternity. But the battle is real, church. There is a real battle over your soul. And here tonight, again, God's love always wins. If you choose and you believe that Jesus is your Lord and your Saviour, then you will win and you will be victorious and you will live in eternity with the eternal God who created with words, who created with his very mouth, this earth, this planet, this galaxy that we live. He created it with his word. And church, his word says that he is the way, the truth and the life and that nobody can get to him except through his son, Jesus. So right now, I want us all to just close our eyes and I want you to really honestly think about and ask Jesus where you're at with him and are you in real relationship with him and maybe you've been sitting in church for years and years church maybe you've been sitting in these seats over and over again but you know in your heart of hearts that you're not right with him And that maybe something I spoke about tonight, about faith, about His love, maybe you're questioning. And if you're questioning, does God love me? That's not a sin. That's probably a call to say, yeah, you know what? Maybe you need to come back to me. Maybe it's time to come back, to rededicate, resubmit your life to me. There's no shame in that church. Man, sometimes I still see in altar calls and I I genuinely check myself. I'm not just saying that. I check myself because I don't want to wreck myself. (laughs) I check myself because I need to know that I know that I know 
that I authentically and genuinely love Jesus and that I'm not doing any of this for any of my own glory, but for all of His. So right now, if there is anyone in this place that one, maybe you have never said this prayer before and it's just a simple prayer that asks Jesus to forgive you of, our, of your sins and declare Him as your Lord and Saviour. Or maybe there's somebody in here who you feel far from Him and you know that you know that you know that you need to come back to Him tonight. If you sit in any one of those categories, I want you to just put your hand up no one looking around, just put your hand up and I want to pray for you here tonight. Is there anyone in this place that if you were to walk out these doors tonight, maybe, and God forbid that something happened and you were to pass away, are you positive, are you 100% sure that you're going to go to heaven and live in eternity with Jesus? If you're not sure, I want you to give me a wave here tonight. It's just a simple prayer that we'd love to pray tonight with you. Is there anyone here tonight? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I know there's someone in this place. I don't want to I don't want to rush this moment. Is there anyone in this place? Don't be afraid. It's just a prayer. At some point, we've all done it. Church, honestly, if I didn't make this decision, I would not be the person I am today. A lot of you have heard my story. But He truly does transform your life. And I'm only lingering because I want you to be sure here tonight. I want you to be sure that you are in right standing with Jesus, that He's in your heart and you are living for the eternal God and the eternal purposes that He has for you. So if there's anyone here, the last call, just give me a wave and we'll pray with you here tonight. Awesome. Hey, why don't we just stand in this place, church? Want to pray for us? your hands here tonight as a beautiful presence of God. Thank you, Father. Oh God, you're so worthy. Lord, right now we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did on that cross. Lord, that you would give us a new measure of faith tonight, that you would give us a new measure of your love tonight. Father, I declare, God, revelation. God, give us a revelation of your love here tonight. God, open our eyes and our hearts to receive a revelation, a new revelation, deeper levels, Father God, of knowing you, of faith, of love, of hope, of peace in our lives, God. Every situation, Lord. God, every situation. You know every circumstance and every situation. Father God, that we would come to your altar, Lord. That we would come with our, God, just as we are, with our problems, with our situations, with our circumstances, with our disappointments, with our hurts, with our pains. God, that you, we would come before you here tonight. God, if there's people who are stuck in this place, I speak. God, I, I declare that those doors will open and they will have, God, a revelation 
a freedom, a breakthrough, God, that they would walk through that door, that they would walk into a new day, into a new day. I declare a new day over those situations. If there's people who feel stuck, I declare a new day, a new day, God. A new level, a new measure of peace, a new measure of faith, God. Jesus, you're worthy. God, I thank you for every life, that you would bless every person. God, that you would bless every family, God. I thank you, Lord, that you're above all else, Lord. Your name reigns in our households. Your name reigns over our situations, over our jobs, over everything, God. Your name reigns. Jesus, that your power would fall on every life in this place that your, pre, your peace and your presence would fall in our lives in new measures, God, that abundance would flow, that favour would flow through these lives, Jesus. God, you're so worthy, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Ooh, yeah, yeah. what a Saviour. Oh, what a Saviour. Jesus. Oh, what a Saviour.
Cause bro 